<laughs> all right, welcome to the podcast. This is Binary Atlas, where we discuss all things technology. And my name is Jonathan, and this is... Brandy. I'm his wife. And uh, so today's uh, episode, we are going to focus primarily on home automation. Uh, we're going to go over all the different ecos ecosystems, ecosystems... I'm not really sure. Planet people? Okay. Planet we're gonna, pie. We're, we're going to go over all the different uh, genres that are out there. We're going to go over some new technology that has come out that will hopefully make things better for everybody. We're going to discuss all the different brands and items that we have tried, what has and has not worked well for us. Uh, we're going to, at the end, kind of bring it all together about, well, what do I do if I have things that aren't on the same ecosystem? and then what kind of things you could do with it. Some of the cool stuff that you can do with all the home automation and everything. So let's get started with, you know, your three basics are Google, Apple, and Amazon, right? So uh, most people tend to choose which direction they go with home automation based on the cell phones that they have, right? Uh, or the tablets and things like that in their home. Uh, people will either have an Android phone, uh, they'll have an Apple phone, or they'll have a lot of Amazon-like devices. They'll have the Amazon Echoes. They'll have the Fire tablets. They'll have the app, the Fire TV sticks uh, for their TVs. Um, we have pretty much tried every brand. Uh, I don't think Brandy has tried Android phones, per se. I have not. I, I have. I'm kind of anti-Android phone just because I'm so used to Apple. And I mean, Jonathan will tell you, I get a little frustrated constantly having to switch technology. It irritates me. <laughs> um, so once I got the Apple iPhone, I decided that was the only phone. Now, you know, I, I don't always have the latest and greatest. I'm currently operating an iPhone 11, which I upgraded from an iPhone 8. So I go several generations, but I, I like Apple. I like being able to access the Apple HomeKit, so that's something that I've always preferred. So, the tech. So traditionally, there has always been a barrier, a wall, right? So, if I have an iPhone, Apple stuff, and I had a Nest thermostat, right? I couldn't control that Nest thermostat because it's Google with voice control. I would have to launch the separate Nest app, right, in order to control my thermostat because Google doesn't like talking with Apple and Apple doesn't like talking with Google. It's the same with if I had an Amazon Echo, uh, you know, they didn't, nobody played well together is what it was. Everybody wanted you to buy into their stuff and their stuff only. Yes. And they, you know, can't we all just get along? I know. And that's kind of what uh, Matter is. Uh, Matter is uh, a new standard uh, communications uh, protocol that Google, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, all the major companies actually went in together to come up with this protocol. So moving forward, if the piece of technology, whether it's a light switch, a smart bulb, you know, anything in your home, if it supports matter, it should work across everything, right? And that's going to be kind of cool moving forward because then... You don't have to worry about if it works with my stuff. You can more worry about, will the item do what I need it to do, right? Makes sense. Um, now, there have been some people who have backed out of it. Uh, 
I don't think we ever tried too many Wemo things, a Belkin Wemo. Um, no, I don't recall but any of this. I read an article that Belkin has backed out of that. They are not going to update their products nor move forward with Matter for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, but there's been plenty of things that are. Uh, I've looked at lots of things that are, you know, light switches, uh, receptacles, all kinds of things that are going to be Matter compatible in the future. So hopefully that will become a thing. But as far as us and what we have opted with let's start with lighting okay so you have two options when you go lighting right you can do smart bulbs or you can do smart light switches right smart light bulbs both have their plus and minuses right smart bulbs uh you screw them in you turn the light on you're good to go you connect to wi-fi to whatever home automation system you're using and you control the individual light bulbs Brandy's looking up at the ceiling right now because in my recording studio, where we're recording right now, the lights right above me are smart bulbs, right? But here's the problem with smart bulbs. Your light switch has to stay on. They need power, right? Even when you turn them off, they are using a small amount of power because they have to stay connected to your home network. Yes, and those, if I'm remembering right, they're Philips Hue, is that correct? Uh, up here, yes. These are Philips Hue and Wiz light bulbs. Okay. Uh, I couldn't find what I wanted to get to more Philips Hue. I couldn't find any because of shortages and everything. So, uh, the, but the problem with smart light bulbs is, is if somebody comes in and turns my light switch off, then these lights are no longer controllable. So when Brandy and I were discussing doing the whole house, because we were at the point where we needed to change out light switches anyway, we decided to go with Lutron Caseta. Uh, Lutron Caseta is a, it's their own wireless protocol. Right, uh, you don't join it to Wi-Fi. The light switches come with a little hub. You get a starter kit that comes with a little hub, okay. and then as you add the switches, you join them to your hub, and then the hub has HomeKit, Google, and I believe also Amazon compatibility. Uh, we're using HomeKit, of course. Uh, we did two types of switches primarily. We have your standard on-off switch and your fan controllers. We have uh, several of the, couple of the dimmer controls. Yes, we do have a dimmer control for the lighting in, actually we have three total dimmer controls. We have one in our uh, primary bathroom above the bathtub. We have a nice LED light uh, fixture there. And so we put a dimmer bulb in there because you know, when you wanna take a bath at the end of the day and relax, you don't necessarily want a spotlight in your face. And then we have a couple of spotlights above our fireplace in our living room. And so we do have a dimmer switch on that one as well. And then we have a dimmer switch on our main living room lights. So those were the only three that we needed. Everything else that we did decide to automate is just the standard on off light bulb. Correct. Yeah. Or light switch. And the, fan, and, and the fan control. Well, so all our, all our fans are on a fan control. The fan control has on and off, like off completely, on full, and then it has two settings in between. So you basically got four different speed settings that you can use on that fan. When it comes to cost, it varies a little bit depending on the type of switch, but around about 50 bucks a switch. No. No, Randy, Randy was the one that bought the last batch. Yes. Um, anytime Jonathan gives you a price, just expect <laughs> to 
add a little bit to it. Um, if it's smaller items, usually he's about 10 to $15 off. If it's a larger items, you can double or triple it, just so you know. Um, <laughs> but yes, um, depending on where you can find them. Now, I'll admit, I got some Amazon warehouse deals on a few of the switches, so I was able to get 10 to $15 off retail for open to packages, just people who changed their mind. But um, these, you gotta remember too, these Amazon warehouse products, they are inspected and they are guaranteed. So if you get them and they don't work, you can return them and get your money back. So I didn't have a problem uh, doing that. And by the way, we are not sponsored by Amazon or Lutron Casita. That's correct. None, none of the products are sponsored. These products are sponsored. These are just products that we legitimately used in our home. So your standard uh, dimmer type switches, they do run around $60. Um, that's not including the wall plate. Um, the wall plate that goes with the Lutron switches, uh, it's a little bit expensive if you want to go with the um, screwless design, which basically means that you have screws at the back part and then you have a separate panel that pops onto the front. We chose to go that option with an off-brand decorator cover, um, mainly because we like the clean look of it. And if you have kids at your house and they're going to be touching these light switches, um, that's a really good way to go if you can, because their grubby little hands get all over the light switch and it's a lot easier to keep clean if you don't have those little screws uh, on top. So decorator switch, you've got those. And then the regular on off switches, those do run closer to the $55 range. And um, you can also get some that come with a remote control which is especially helpful if you have a place where your light switch is going to be controlled by two different switches. So you would basically cap off one area and then you would put that light switch in the other and you set up that remote as a light switch. Yeah, that's that, that's, that was the fun for me was the wiring part of it because we did this ourselves. Uh, some of our wiring in our home was like color coded differently. It's, it was weird. Uh, I ended up, I would end up having to, I had a little wand to test for a load and then, but I recommend that if you don't know what you're doing with electrical, hire an electrician. Absolutely. Uh, don't, don't mess with it. Don't have a risk of fire or spark or shock or anything like Definitely that. Definitely not. If you're not comfortable with doing this, make sure you do hire a professional. Um, but that was our light switches and we're very happy with what we put in. Yes, it's convenient because once it's added to HomeKit, you can basically pull up HomeKit on your phone and you can go to different rooms and turn on and off the light switches. Really convenient for when your kids leave their lights on. Um, Jonathan likes to use the voice control. I absolutely despise voice control, so I never use it, but I just pull up the home app and I'm able to tap things. Uh, one added bonus is we have a couple of dogs who like to go out and bark outside. And so our outside deck lights are on this home kit. So when they start barking, we're able to flash the light at them and get them to come back in. Uh, in the past, we would actually have to get up out of bed and go turn on the lights manually. And it's just super convenient. And also as a safety mechanism too, if we're gonna be out later and we don't want to leave our carport light on, we can turn on the carport light once we're home from our phones, or we can even set up a special type of scene where our phone being in, within a certain distance of the garage after a certain time will turn on those lights for us so that we don't necessarily have to advertise that we're not home. 
Uh, same with, you know, we can manually activate lights to make it appear that somebody's home when they're not if we want to. So it's also, you know, safety in addition to the convenience. All right. So let's go on to the next brand that we have. Uh, it's called Miros. Uh, I found these on Amazon, uh, looked up the reviews. They seem pretty good. What I was looking for is I was looking for something I could plug into an electrical outlet and that you plug something into it. It's a little rectangle box, right? And that you could control non-smart things, right? This includes lamps. Uh, we used it on our oil heater for our bathroom mm -hmm. uh, and things like that. Uh, Yes, really there's also like an outdoor, there's also did an outdoor the, plug. And we did an outdoor, so our deck lights, when, when she talked about the deck lights, that's on an outdoor version of these. I, you could buy them in a four-pack. Yes, um, well, two separate ones. We have standard lights that are attached to our home, and then we also have your, like, party lights, basically, that yeah. are hooked up to an outlet outside. So we have those, too, that we hooked up to this outdoor switch but so far they've worked great i've been very happy with the product uh and those are really good for those types of niches where you've got basically something that's not smart but you want to be able to turn it on and off yes right. you know if you want that's to opposed to yeah that's that's opposed to putting in a you can get them i i haven't priced them but you can get a smart outlet mm -hmm. but i didn't want to do that i just wanted to get something like this yes because when you start figuring out the cost of this you don't really realize how many outlets and light switches you have in your house until you do a project like this so that's why we decided, um, and of course, we didn't do every single light switch. We left several closets as regular decorator light switches, or we used um, a non-smart Lutron switch that is motion activated and sets off, you know, whenever there's motion and then goes off after a set amount so, of time. Yeah. Um, so we, we decided to do that on some areas. All right, so the next one let's talk about is a company that we use for a long time but no longer do, and I want to explain all the ins and outs of why that happened. That's called WISE, all right? So we had some WISE indoor uh, cameras. Mm -hmm. We had we a door had, lock. We had a, their door lock. Uh, and we and actually had an outdoor plug. And their outdoor switch. plug. Uh, so the cameras were fine. They weren't great, but they were fine. The door lock constantly had issues. It did. Uh, it took me a month of emailing back and forth with support to get that lock replaced. And when they did, a couple of weeks after that, it went out again. It failed again. It also drained batteries. Drained batteries like, oh, get out. It awful. was god awful. Uh, so, and then uh, what happened was, is Wise had a security breach. And they were one of those companies that instead of being upfront with their customers about it, like, a year later, they're like, oh, yeah, sorry, we had a really bad security. Somebody found out about it. They didn't disclose it. And I really, considering that they are, they were putting out security products, that really made me not feel good about having their products in our home. So I decided we were done with Wise. We pulled everything and got rid of them. Uh, we ended up replacing, like I said, the outdoor plug with the Miros. And then we ended up replacing the door lock with the Sledge Encode Plus. Now, Sledge has been known for I don't know how many years just making dead bolts and doorknobs and things like that. Um, what's different with the Sledge Encode Plus is Sledge Encode Plus has built into it the Apple Home Key. And what that is, is that it adds a virtual home key to your phone in your wallet so that your phone or even your Apple Watch can be held up to the door on the outside 
with NFC and open your door automatically. Yes. Well, and it also has a keypad so that if, yes. you, you know, you can enter the code if you would like to as well. Yeah. We had a hard time finding that. I After I did all my research, I knew that was a lock I wanted to get. It took months before I finally found one that was available because of the shortages and everything. But that's what we ended up doing on our back door. Uh, eventually, but we'll do this in the front as well. It's just not on the top of the list since we don't really use that as a primary door to enter and leave the home for the most part. It is way low on the list. Way low on the list. Um, but we've been really happy with it. It works great. It does not eat batteries like our last lock did. It doesn't. I, I mean, I don't even know that we've had to replace the batteries. Not, not yet. Not yet since we've had it. And that's been, and I mean, we'll it's been about, over six months. Yeah, we'll talk about some of the things we do home animation-wise toward the end, and I'll show you why I like Sledge and how we're using the system. Uh, our next uh, system that we have is the Ring Alarm System from Amazon. Yes, included with the Ring Doorbell. With the Ring Doorbell. Now, there have been privacy concerns with Amazon here lately. Uh, I'll just, I'm just going to throw this out there, that there was a gentleman who, without being informed, the Ring turned over all his indoor camera footage his outdoor camera footage and everything over to the police, right, without him being notified, uh, which is, but I don't have, there's security cameras in the house. No. Right, no. so if for some reason they turn over my doorbell footage, I don't care about that. No, they're going to see our neighbor's dog and cat walk across our front yeah. porch. And I kind of knew that they in the past have had some privacy concerns, so I purposely didn't get their camera stuff, but we really do like their alarm system. It works really well. Uh, it does not work with, I, I'll tell you later how I've got it working with our HomeKit stuff. It does not work with HomeKit, uh, but it does really well. It's monitored. Uh, we pay the $10 a month monitoring fee. $11 a month. It's $11 a month monitoring fee, uh, which is a lot cheaper than some of the other security system they had that was like 60 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Um, Yes. Works really well. It does well, and a good thing too is there are some uh, smoke alarms and uh, CO2 detectors that work and go in with this system. Yeah. So what I ended up doing is, and this depends on where you live. So if you decide to do smart if, um, smoke detectors or CO detectors, you need to check with your local fire department and let them get to know what the codes are in your area, right? Yes. Just to make sure you're being legal. But what we ended up doing is we got some smoke alarms in that all communicate with each other because here in Arkansas, if one alarm goes off, they all have to go off, right? So if you have a fire in your kitchen, every smoke alarm throughout the house has to ring, not just the one in the kitchen. So I've got that set up. And since they weren't really uh, a smart integration, what I did with ring is i got the sensor that you place near one of the alarms and when the alarm goes off ring hears that alarm tone because those are standard tones right it knows what that frequency is and it sets off the smoke detector in the ring system uh, so that's how i ended up tying those two in i could have got the ones with uh that integrated with the alarm system but they were like 80 bucks a pop or around or maybe a little more uh, and these were like $29, $30 a pop. So it was a lot more cost effective since we wanted to do every room in the house with these to do it that way. Um, and then we have one off-brand <laughs> lighting strip. It's an LED light strip. I've got it behind my daughter's bed. So it lights up her whole headboard. She loves it. But it is not, it is like a Chinese knockoff brand. I can't even tell you. I think it's Tuya. It's not... It's, it's an off-brand. It doesn't work with... I, I had to do some things to get it to work with HomeKit, but it's just an off-brand thing. 
so that's pretty much it for kind of all the smart home stuff that we have installed and played with. Can you think of anything else on that list, Brandy? Not that I know of. All right. So if you ask, Jonathan, how do I get my stuff to work with HomeKit if I don't have HomeKit compatible stuff? Uh, and this is an Apple problem. If you're in the Google and the Amazon ecosystem, I don't have to worry about this. But what I ended up doing is there is a piece of software out there called HomeBridge. So uh, what HomeBridge does is it runs a piece of software that has plugins that you can add. So I added a plugin for Ring Alarm. I added a plugin for that off-brand lighting uh, strip that I have in my daughter's room. And what it does is it does some code in the background to make it look like it's an Apple HomeKit device so that you can add it to HomeKit. And it works really well. Now, you got two flavors of this, and it depends on how tech savvy you are. I have a little mini server here that I've had for a long time that I run little side projects and things on. So I'm running the software on that. I was able to install it and configure it by myself. If you are not tech savvy, you can on their website, they'll send you off to a link where you can buy a box that has it all pre-installed on it. You just hook it into your network. You go to a website, you go to a local IP address, it shows you a website and you go and you configure everything. Um, what makes this special and why I put it in is goes back to what Brandy was saying with some of the cool stuff we can do home automation wise. So if I unlock our sledge deadbolt on the back door. Like if I physically go back there and I turn it and unlock it, HomeKit sees that I unlock the back door and through the HomeBridge integration, it will disarm the alarm system. If we arm the alarm system, it will check to see if the sledge is locked. If the sledge is not locked, it will lock the back door, right? So that's just a little automation there. Uh, some of the other cool things I've done with this is, uh, with my daughter's room, she can hit a scene to control her lights, but that includes the off-brand one. It'll also come on, right? Brandy was talking about earlier, some of the cool home automation things that we've done. So she actually hasn't seen it yet. Cause I just set it up like yesterday, <laughs> but, uh, I do have it set now that when you pull up to the house, if it is past dark, so if it's past dusk, whenever anybody arrives home, any of our phones arrive home, it will turn on the garage lights. That will be super convenient. That'll be super convenient. And the lights are on time that they'll stay on for 30 minutes. Right? So if you're pull up, you're coming home from a grocery store, it gives you time to unload and everything. You can go in. If you want to, you can turn them off. But if you don't turn them off, after 30 minutes, they will turn off. And that's one of my favorite things about HomeKit is the ability to turn stuff off after a set amount of time. Now, the bad thing is it doesn't work on everything and I can't seem to easily make it work. Like I wanted to make it to where if I turn something on, it, like with a light switch, it would turn off after a certain amount of time. What I wanted to do is I wanted to automate our uh, exhaust fans in the bathroom. Like say, if you turn on the exhaust fan in the bathroom, after 15 minutes, it would shut itself off. Uh, I was not able to do that. So what we ended up doing there is we did non-smart switches that have timers built into them. Yes. There's a 5, 10, 15, 20, and 30, I think, timer or uh, something like there's that. There's a 1 minute, 5 minute, 15, 20, and 30. Yeah. So we decided that that really wasn't something you needed to automate as much because you're only going to use that when you go in there. 
you're not going to turn it on remotely, right? Exactly. That, that's an in the room kind of thing. So we ended up not not doing smarts on that. Uh, like Randy said, remote activation is nice, right? So, and I I've used this before. So we're away from home, and my dad comes over. He needs to either check on the dogs or he need, needs to get to one of my tools. He needs to borrow something or whatever. He can call me. I can let him in. I can disarm the alarm system. I can open the back door. He can come in. He can get what he needs to. He can leave. I can lock it all up after he's gone. I can see if he left some lights on. I can turn the lights off. If you're away from home, uh, you can set a scene that every evening turns a couple of lights on to make it look like you're home. And then after two hours, we'll turn them all back off. You know, there's all kinds of automations that you can do to make life just a little bit simpler. Yes. And at this point in our lives, I mean, we've lived in our house for 10 years. It was already more than 10 years old when we bought it. And we'd had a couple of light switches that just stopped working very well. So we decided it was time and we started replacing. Uh, now these are a little bit expensive. So we started replacing one room at a time until we could get it all done. And we started with our living room because that's the room we use the most often. And um, we've, we've loved it. Yeah, it's been great. Now, the one thing I have not done enough with, that's the scenes. Brandy mentioned that earlier. So what a scene is, and they all have this, whether you're, no matter what ecosystem you're on, they all have this. They might call it something a little different, but they have it. So what it is, is it basically creates a button that does multiple things when you hit it. Right? Yeah, it's like so. you can set like a bedtime scene that turns off all lights, or maybe if you have a dimmer switch or something and you want to leave, uh, let's say you have a dimmer switch on your hallway light and you have young children who may be getting up, you can set it where the um, light will stay on at like 30% or something as a night light if you want to. See, yeah, and I did that. So the motion sensor that came with our ring alarm system is set up in the living room. I do not use the motion sensor to actually set off the alarm because we have dogs and it can be kind of hit and miss on whether the dog sets it off or not. So I have it set up that if it's after midnight and it detects motion in the living room, then it brings up the lights 10%. Right, just to kind of so people doesn't people don't trip on stuff, right? And then it goes off five minutes later. Uh, I would like to set up. I haven't done yet. I would like to set up a movie scene, right? So if we were sitting in the living room, I could tap movie. All the lights would go off. The TV would come on because we have an Apple TV hooked in, so the Apple TV can actually send the signal to turn everything on. So that would be kind of nice. Uh, and I would like to have a a nightly lockdown button that would you tap that and it would make sure all the lights are off it would make sure the alarm system is on make sure the back door is locked and all that kind of stuff so there's there's lots of things that we could do that i haven't done yet and i'm sure if you guys got other things that you think would be really cool automations to do and you would like me to try them out put those in the comments below we'd love to try that we'd also love to hear from you guys on different things that you've tried um i think we've covered just about Everything we've done up until now, when specific when it comes to smart home stuff, can you think of anything else? Um, not at the moment, no. I mean, that that's, that's the smart home stuff. We'll have a different podcast on our home security system in the future about why we chose what we did. Um, yes, the next, so the next project we'll be doing will be an entire home network uh, setup that's going to include some security cameras. So when we get to that point, I'll not only we'll not only talk about it on our podcast, but I'll also do a big video on it uh, as well, because there's going to be a lot of how-to when it comes to the home networking end of it. Uh, 
But that's pretty much it for this podcast. We appreciate everyone for listening in today. Again, if you have any questions, you want to make any comments, please leave comments here on the uh, podcast or wherever you're listening to. We'll try to look up those comments and answer when we can. Also, feel free to go to our website, binaryatlas.com. We will have show notes that will be linked below in this podcast, but you'll be able to go and read the show notes and leave comments on the show notes. Also, don't forget, you can go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Binary Atlas, where we have all our videos and the different fun things that we do with those. Until then, this is Jonathan and Brandy, and we hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and we will see you guys next time. Thank you. Bye-bye.